three confessions for you this morning. Um, are you ready? Um, here's, here's the first one. I've got jet lag. Um, Pastor Bill and I got back yesterday. This is the third service. Um, we were about 8,500 miles or so away in Asia. And uh, there is a real good chance I'm going to fall asleep during this service. Um, it's, it's past midnight to our bodies right now, right, Pastor Bill? We were there just long enough to get adjusted nine days, and then we came back. So if I fall asleep during this service, just let me be, um, and, and that would be great. And that's kind of turning the tables because it's usually you that's falling asleep during this service. And so if I fall asleep, so let me be, pick up your stuff, leave quietly. We'll see you another Sunday. How's that? And uh, we'll do that. Second, second confession, I love this church. I got to tell you, after um, being gone, and uh, yeah, absolutely, I, I just, you're gone, and you get, a, you get a glimpse of just the cool things that God is doing here, and the way that God's using this body of believers, um, as we'll talk today, to impact the world, and it's just so cool, and such a privilege to be a part of what God's doing here, um, which leads to this third confession that I have for you to do. I fully believe, probably not for everybody, But I fully believe that for somebody, this may be one of the most important, if not the most important church service you've ever been in your life. I don't believe that God does anything by coincidence. Do you? I don't think coincidence is a biblical word. I believe in sovereignty. And that God directs and he guides our steps. And it's not a coincidence that Eric was here with us from Colorado today to talk about what it means to fully give your life to see other people come to Christ. I don't think it's any coincidence that um, Matt was with us today and not only led worship, but sang that song about being on fire. And what we're going to look at in God's word today is no coincidence. Because all this is just random, right? That it all happened on the same day. We didn't plan it this way. But I think God did. And, and I don't know whether it's for somebody that's watching online or for someone that's in this room right now. But I fully believe that what, what's about to happen in these next few moments could be one of the most key pivotal spiritual experiences of your life. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. I want to take some time. We're going to jump into God's Word. We've been working our way through Ephesians 4 in this series called Bodybuilding. And we're going to jump in look at a passage there that I want to give you just kind of a biblical um, look at this passage. We're going to, we're going to roll through kind of a, a scriptural foundation for what we want to say today. I want to tell you about our trip to Asia. And then I want to tell you what I think it means for us, not just for us as a church, but for you as an individual as well. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 7. Um, let's go. Paul writes, But to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. And, and then watch, he takes this little parenthetical break here. He wants to spell it out. He's, he's kind of pausing from his argument, from his discussion about the church, because he wants to reinforce something. And so he says, What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended, higher than all the heavens, in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So we've been talking about how the body of Christ is built up and the role that we play as individuals as well as corporately in that, what that means for the church, and we've already talked about what it means for us to have unity and what it means for us to know Jesus personally and what it means for us to mature in our faith. And in the midst of all of this, we come to this passage where Paul begins to talk to us about how the church is supposed to work. 
So as we look at this, I want to remind you of three things that we have as a church today. I want to look at three things that we have as the church of Jesus Christ. And look at how those apply to our lives today. Three things we have as the church. Here's the first one. Number one, we have a great message. We have a great message that God has given to us. It is a message, and if I had to sum it up in one word, it is the message of grace that God has given to us to share with others, to communicate with others so that people can know I have the, the privilege in my role of watching as people hear and experience God's grace. I met a guy who just this week made a commitment of his life to Jesus Christ and has experienced his salvation and his forgiveness. This dude was about to explode because of the difference that Jesus has made in his life because he experienced the message of grace. And it's a powerful thing. Yeah, you can celebrate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have a great message. Paul hits this here. Remember in, in, in Ephesians 4, he's talking about the church. He's talking about what it looks like. But then all of a sudden, he gets like this spirit-inspired apostolic ADD. And he has to chase his favorite theological squirrel. And it's grace. And he says, look, I've got to talk to you in the middle of this about the message that we have. I've got to tell you about grace. Here's, here's why this is so critically important. Grace is our great need. And people are always looking for something. They're trying to find something that will satisfy, that will fill what is missing. And when we deal with the sins of our past, when we deal with the emptiness that we have in our lives, when we deal with our own frailty, what answers all of those things is only the grace of Jesus Christ. Because we can't do it on our own. So grace is our great need. Grace is also our great hope. Right? It's what we long for. It's what every person wants to receive, whether they realize it or not. And it's what we have in Jesus Christ. It is our great hope. It's God's grace that he brings to us. So what that means is this, that whether people realize it or not, it's not only their greatest need, it's not only their great hope, it's the quest that every person is on. In some way or another, they're looking for that satisfaction. They're looking for that, that hope. They're looking to meet that need. It is the quest that we find ourselves in. Grace is our great quest. It's what we want. And what happens is, because people don't know where to find it, they look for it in all kinds of different places. So people look for grace in these places where they're just not going to find it. Let me give you just three real quick. Sometimes people search for grace in fleeting remedies. They say, I got a problem, I think this will remedy it. So I'll try money, or I'll try pleasure, or I'll try success, or I'll try something that I think is going to fill this need in my life. And we look for grace in these fleeting remedies, and we think it will remedy it, but the truth is it's just fleeting. It doesn't last. Another place where people search, people search for grace in finite relationships. You know, God is, is infinite. He has no boundaries. And instead of looking for grace in God, we look for it in other people, people that are finite. And so we think that if I can find this friendship, if I can find this person, if I can find this romantic interest, if I can find some place that I can connect with this person, then maybe I'll find satisfaction. And although God's created us for relationship, you're not going to find grace there. The message of grace is bigger than that. And here, here's another thing. We'll talk about this more in a moment. The people search for grace in false religions. They try to find it someplace. Eric, you talked about Buddhism and how strong it is in your part of, of our country. We don't, we don't think of it in that way. But it's because people are trying to find peace. They're trying to find themselves. They're trying to find hope. We even do it in, in the name of Christianity sometimes. When in the name of Christianity, people say they have to work to find grace. Where we try to find a religion based on what we do and not on what Christ has done for us. 
And here's where Paul makes this so clear to us. Look, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. He says, we have a great message. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That's the message of Scripture. That God has given us His grace. So because of what Jesus did for us, Jesus has given us grace. We didn't earn it. It's not from ourselves. But because of what Jesus did for us, Jesus has given us grace. And I fully believe that every person is on a journey in their life. They're searching for it. They're looking for something. And the answer to it, what they really need is to experience the grace of God. Would you agree? You know, Pastor Bill and I traveled. Um, the, it, was, it was over 8,000 miles one way to get to the places where we, where we went in Asia. That's a long trip. And let me just say this. If you've got to travel with someone... Travel with Bill McGinnis. He is just easy to be with. And I love to travel with Pastor Bill. He knows things about me that are none of your business. Right? And I know things about him that are for sale. So if you, if you want to just catch me at the Connection Center, I'd love to bargain with you a little bit. And so we're traveling and, we're, and it's, it's long. And you're in all these different airports. And you're in all these different places. And the signage, especially where we were in, 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 in uh, Asia, some places you go, you can kind of make out what things say. But the places we were at, they've got totally, they don't have the same alphabet, totally different characters. You can't figure out what in the world am I looking at or am I reading or, you know, what's going on here. And here's, here's what's unique. I heard a guy say this this week. He says, if you know three languages, then you are trilingual. If you know two languages, then you are bilingual. If you know one language, you are American. And that's basically the reality of, of the world. So we're in all these places. And I'm like, I can't, I can't read this stuff. I don't know what these things are saying. And you look for signs that may happen to be in English. Even if it's something you don't need to know, you just want to read it, right? And then we're in, a, in an airplane and, and we flew Korean air. And so most of the announcement they would make, they would make in Korean and sometimes Chinese before they would ever get to saying it in English. And you'd listen to, to make sure you put your seatbelt on, right? Because you just wanted to hear somebody speak your language and communicate to you because there was information you needed to know on the signs and what people said so that you could be successful on your journey. And yet there's a whole lot of people that are journeying through life that don't know the truth about how to get to the destination that God desires for each one of us. And scripture says that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, that there's no other way, that there's no other truth, there's no other path to life. And there's millions of people who are on this journey who are headed in the wrong direction. And it's up to you and I to deliver the message of Jesus Christ. Can you see where as a church we have a great message of God's grace? Can, can you see it? Okay, because I've got jet lag, not you. So can you see it? Yeah. So let me give you a second thing. Number one, we have a great message. Here's the second thing. Number two, we have a great calling as God's people. We have a great calling, every one of us, as God's people. Here's what it is. When Paul speaks about the church in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, he says that the purpose of the church is to equip God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That our work is to equip God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Let me talk to you very briefly about this calling. And in a couple of weeks, we're going we're gonna to unpack this some more as we go through more of Ephesians 4 and what this means and how it practically applies to each one of our lives. But listen to this calling. Number one, this calling comes with a priority. Okay, it comes with a priority for us. And our priority is that we do works of service. 
The priority of our goal as followers of Jesus Christ, according to Paul in this passage, is that we are accomplishing works of service that he has put in place for us to do. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 says that we live a life worthy of the calling that we've received. Ephesians 2.10 says that he created us as his workmanship to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, your life and my life has been created with a purpose. And that purpose is to do God's works of service. It's the priority of our lives and we can't miss that. But why? What's the purpose? Well, your calling also comes with a purpose. Here's the second thing. Your calling comes with a purpose and it's this to build up the body of Christ. Our purpose as the church is not to serve ourselves, it's not to serve our own desires, it's not to build big buildings, it's not to get a name for ourselves. Our purpose is this, it is to build up the body of Christ. We do works of service so that the body of Christ is built up. And if the body of Christ is built up, then we will be mature and we will know Jesus and we will be united. We've talked about all those things. And then God can build his kingdom through us. So, so we, we've got to grasp this. This is pivotal to who we are. So this great calling that we have comes with the priority to do works of service. It comes with this purpose of building up the body of Christ. And our calling comes with a plan. I love it that Paul does this for us. He says, look, this is how the church will work. This is, this is how I'm going to do it. This is the plan for how we're going to move things forward. And he says, here's how it happens. In fact, he says that we will build up the body of Christ when we do works of service if the church is equipped. And he says it in this way. Look at verse 11. He says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. He says, look, Christ gave certain people with leadership gifts to the church to be able to equip the church so that the church can do works of service and then the body of Christ will be built up and then God's kingdom will move forward. So this calling comes with a priority. Every one of us has the priority to do works of service, to communicate this great message of grace that we have. And we have a purpose that we build up the body of Christ in that. And then there's a plan for it to happen. Let me just say it to you this way. Because the church is kind of like a team. And every winning team has a plan for victory, right? Every winning team has a plan for victory. And they say, this is how we're going to accomplish this. So in Ephesians 4, Paul says, this is the plan for the church. Here's how I'm going to set it up. You, you know if you've been on a team that everybody has a role and responsibility. You've got coaches, you've got players, different players, especially if you're thinking like maybe a football team, have different positions. And when they all go out and do their part, some of them may seem to be more strategic than others. Some of them may have maybe more responsibility than others. But when every coach, when every player does their part, then the team wins, right? There's victory that comes. Well, the church is designed in the same way. And so Paul says here, look, here's how the church functions. The church functions in that every member of the body of Christ is to do works of service that help to move that message forward. And he says, and then there's some that are called to a role that's not better or a higher calling. It's just kind of a different calling. And he lists them. He says apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. There's some that have maybe a bit of a different calling. It doesn't mean God loves them more. It doesn't mean they're more special. It just means that God has has given them a certain role within the church that comes with greater responsibility, oftentimes greater sacrifice, to lead the church. And when this comes together, the plan falls into place. Here's the plan. The plan is that equipped believers plus works of service will equal the body of Christ being built up. And if the body of Christ is built up, then this great message that we have will move forward. 
And so God calls each of us to a certain role. We'll unpack this here a little bit more in just a moment. But every one of us is called in a certain way. And then he calls some to be in positions of leadership and authority within the church. Now, we don't have time today to to look at theologically what's an apostle and what's a prophet, what's an evangelist, pastor, teacher. We We may unpack that a little bit more later in this series. But here's what he's saying here. There is a strategy and a plan for how the church moves forward in the fact that we are all called. We are all called to do works of service. And then some are called to these leadership roles. And we we need to see this because we have a great message. We have a great calling. And let me give you a third thing very quickly today. We also have a great opportunity as the church. We have a great opportunity to see God work through us and to do great things. To see these things that he's put in front of us for us to do. This is the whole point of this passage. That the church will move the gospel forward. And here's, here's the word that I think is so key for us right now as Calvary. I feel like just that the Lord is, is, is kind of stirring this word in my heart. Especially for this next year for us. We'll talk about this more in our annual business meetings coming up. We'll talk about that there. But it's, it, it, there's just one word. It's the word more. That God wants to do more through us as a church than he's ever done before. That God wants to use us in more ways. That God wants to be more active in your life than ever before. Listen to what Paul said. Do you remember what he prayed just before he went to chapter 4? Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. He says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, why do, why, do we, why do we talk about this? Why is this scriptural foundation so important? Because when we realize that we have the great message of grace that God has given us the calling to take to the world, then we see the great opportunity that he's allowed us. I believe that as a church, we stand on the threshold of unprecedented opportunity. I believe that in your life, God wants to do more and bring more opportunity. And here's how he says it happened. That when God's church does God's work, God's way, God does more than we can ask or imagine. That when God's church, that's you and I, does God's work, which is works of service that we've talked about, in God's way, equipped believers doing works of service, the body of Christ is built up, then God can do more than we can ask or than we can imagine. Now, we'll, we'll look at this even as we continue to go through this series in different ways that we can unpack this. But today I want to take some time and I want to talk about it in the context of the trip that Pastor Bill and I just took and, and look at this kind of in a very narrow way for, for our church and then also for some of our lives. And here's, here's where we've got to do something a little bit different and unique today. Because of the, the sensitive nature of what I want to share with you in the next few moments, we're going we're gonna to cut off anything that we have as far as an internet um, stream. So if you're watching right now, um, online, uh, over the internet, or maybe you're watching this later, like on an archived thing on our website that you want to go back and watch. At this point, we have to cut everything off on the internet because what we're going to share is about a very sensitive part of the world and that information can't get out there. So if you're watching online, we apologize, but I should have been here. And so um, th- that's, that's just <laughs> kind of it. <laughs> 